Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. We're going to get into it today. I don't want to take too much of your time with opening statements, of course, um, because I realize it's on the lunch break. Uh, some of y'all working, you got your, you got me up on the uh, cell phone, on your desktop, whatever it is. Maybe you're working, maybe you just got done with work. I realize we've kind of got a uh, right in the middle of the day. But I think this is a good time to talk about prayer. You know, this was a time of prayer uh, we see in the book of Acts, one of the times of prayer. And um, it's good to come and, and start out this year. That, that's my heart, and that's what the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, hey, Kim, good to see you. Um, last week when I was praying, as I said, um, getting my heart and mind um, centered around the will of God and what He wants to do in my life, in this church, and the world, in our, in our church, Gospel Tabernacle, in the body of Christ, the church and the earth. And, um, you know, as I was praying and just seeking the Lord, uh, He laid this on my heart to, to, to do a teaching on prayer. And so I decided, you know what, let's just go all out. Let's give, give ourselves plenty of time and uh, let's make a point that at the beginning of this year to really set aside, sanctify, to consecrate this year, you know, a year is just a measurement on a calendar, but it's a way for us to say, look, Lord, I'm going to give you this part of my life, and I want to make sure it's set up to fulfill your will, to do, to bring you glory, and to do what's right by you. And so I think it's a good thing for us for these next 10 days, Monday through Friday, of course, this week and next. Of course, nothing on Saturday or Sunday, but of course, we've got church Sunday at 1030, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., but during the day, 12 to 1, Monday through Friday, this week and next week, we're going to be talking on the subject of prayer titled, When You Pray, When You Pray, When You Pray. All right, let's get started. And make sure you stick with me if you can through the entire broadcast because at the end, and I'm going to make sure I leave myself enough time to do that, but at the end, we're going to pray. Uh, it would be a shame, wouldn't it, if we studied about the power of prayer God's desire for us to pray and then not do any praying. <laughs> so at the end, we're going to pray. And if you have, hey, Miss Sarah, saw you just jump on as well. If you have any prayer requests, I'm going to ask you then. Don't do it now. I, I won't be able to see them because the comments will go up and I'll have to scroll, scroll, scroll. But at the end, I'm going to ask if you have any prayer requests, just let me know. And we'll go in time of prayer and pray for that. All right. Well, hey, let's start with our main text that we're going to use this entire week and next week. If you can, maybe you're driving, maybe you're working, might not be able to, just listen. But if you're able to, grab a Bible. Um, stop moving so much. Laura's here helping me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm moving a little too much. I don't, I'm moving too fast for the camera. If you can grab a Bible and you're able to get to it, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. 
And of course, if you haven't shared the broadcast, go ahead and do that. It helps us get out to a lot of people that might not normally see us on Sundays. Um, you know, different people are watching at different times. So that's my prayer that um, different people that don't normally hear this kind of teaching, they'll hear it through this week. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 is where we're going to begin. Matthew 6, verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5 says, Jesus is speaking to the disciples, teaching. And he says this, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8. Therefore don't be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. And with that in mind, I want to also read Mark eleven twenty four. These two passages in the Bible are going to be the main points, the main foundational scriptures that we're going to read and build off of and come off of all through this week and next. Mark 11, verse 24, many of you know this. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I'm going to read that again. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. So the, the question I want to answer today is this. Why prayer? Why prayer? Why is prayer important? Uh, prayer is something that we feel we should do. It's something we talk about. Books are written about prayer. Uh, it's something that we should be doing in church. Something we should be doing around other, people, other Christians and believers. We know it's necessary. We see it in the lives of mighty people in the Bible, mighty men and women of God who walk the earth today or have. But we have to answer the question for ourselves, why should I pray? Why is it necessary for me to build a life of prayer? Why is it necessary for me to pray? Why does God want me to pray? And so in this first lesson of this series, When You Pray, I want us to answer that very foundational, basic question. When you, or why, why prayer? Why prayer? Why did God choose prayer? Because we can see here clearly in, in, in this teaching on prayer that Jesus is giving, and it's right before what we might call the Lord's Prayer, which is honestly really better titled the Disciples' Prayer. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And we're going to get into that model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, later on this week. But he, he's continually telling us, hey, when you pray, when you pray. And so I want us to answer this question, why prayer? Why did God choose prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? Does prayer have power or is it just a religious function? Is it just something I have to do? You know, or, or is it going to 
change my life? Is, it, can, is prayer the same for me as it is for someone else? Can I have the powerful prayer life that I've read about other people have had or seen, exampled in the other lives of other people or in the Bible? Can that be the same for me? And we're going to get our answer today. The first place I want us to go to, and I believe you'll probably see this. Hopefully we've got our lower thirds that will come up. The first answer to that question, why prayer, is relationship. Why should you pray? Relationship. And I want you to look at Matthew 6, verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. I'm going to read that once more. It says, Jesus said, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites or the pretenders, the fakers. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, I'm sorry, verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father. Pray to your Father. The first answer to that question, why prayer is relationship. Prayer is a means of communion that God, our Heavenly Father, has incorporated. Can you hit the button over here on the Instagram live? Prayer is a means, you can click on it and just put uh, ignore limit and then for today. Prayer is a means of communion that the Father created so that we can have an interchange of love, an interchange of relationship with Him. All through, all through this, we're going to see in Matthew 6, notice that when you pray to your Father, if you're watching... And I say, hey, Darlene, good to see you. If you're watching right now, why don't you type in the comments, type in the comments, my father. Or you could type this, I pray to my father. That, that would be better. That would make more sense. I pray to my father. I pray to my father. The first reason we pray is because it builds our relationship with God. Prayer is the foundation of our relationship with God. Our Heavenly Father, we make contact and connection with our Heavenly Father through the realm of prayer. Through the realm of prayer. It's the way that God has set up us to communicate and connect with Him and Him to us. You know, if you wanted to get in contact with me and you wanted to call me, you're going to have to get my number, right? You're going to have to get my phone number and call me up. Prayer is the means of connection. Just like you pick up a cell phone and dial it to another phone, that's the way you connect with someone audibly. Prayer is that same means by which you're connecting to our Heavenly Father. The way you communicate to your Father is by prayer. And that's why prayer, one of the reasons prayer is so powerful. We've got no audio here, it says, on the Instagram. I don't know if we have to plug in and out one more time on that. Uh, microphone. Forgive me. We're doing an Instagram live as well. Just unplug it at the bottom right there and plug it back in. Working through that. Prayer is the means by which we communicate with the Father. And just check to see if that line right there is bumping. Prayer is the means by which we communicate to the Father. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray to your Father. Now look at this. Matthew 6, 9. And in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven. 
our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. That might be the most powerful words in that entire, what we call the Lord's Prayer. I know that sounds funny. I mean, some of you just say, call it Lord's Prayer. But it's the disciples' prayer. It's the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. Um, but the, those two words right there, our Father, wow. The basis of prayer and understanding. Knowing that everything I'm bringing before God, it's not just me talking to this far-off God, this untouchable being, this mystical person that I can't connect with. He's my Father. He's made me a son. And I have His Spirit in me. And we're going to see that. In fact, turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians chapter 4. I don't know if we need to reset this. We can. If you want, just turn, turn that microphone off. So just hold that big button and push down. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Notice that, verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son. Now, you notice that word Spirit is capitalized. It's the Holy Spirit. Just as the Holy Spirit anointed Christ on the earth, when Christ, the Word, became flesh and emptied Himself, limiting Himself to humanity, Philippians 2 tells us, the kenosis of God, He becomes a flesh being, totally God, but becoming totally man and self-willingly limits Himself to flesh so that He could become the second Adam and pay the price of salvation, the clearest of sin, which was by disobedience of the first Adam, Christ has the Holy Spirit come on him and anoint him. Not without measure, of course. Well, this same Spirit, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, the self-same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead makes us alive in God. And we have the Spirit of God. We have been made a child of God. See, the reason you need to pray and the reason why it's a blessing to pray and what we're going to see in just a minute, a requirement as a Christian to pray, is because it's the way we connect to our Father. I am a son. I'm a, if you're a daughter, you're a daughter. Say that. Why don't you type that in the comment section? Say, I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. We should be better on Instagram now. Sorry about that. I am a child of God. Type that in the comment section. I am a child of God. The reason we pray is because we want to have a strong relationship with the Father. It's, it's no different than a natural relationship. You know, sometimes people think spiritual things are so strange or so out there 
But the reality is, just like a natural relationship is built off of trust and time spent with one another, so is thy relationship with God. The more time you'll spend with the Father in prayer, the stronger relationship you'll have with Him. The better you'll know Him. You know, Jesus gave us a promise that He is the Good Shepherd and that we know His voice and another voice will not follow. We won't follow another voice. We won't listen to another voice. How do we know the voice of God? One, we know it by a spirit that has made us a child of God. And we cry out, verse 6, Abba, Father. We cry out to the Father as led by the Holy Spirit. We also know His voice by His Word because the Holy Spirit teaches us and reveals to us His Word. And then by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit and, and divine knowledge and wisdom and when God speaks to us in our spirit or, or audible, that can happen too. But we, the basis of our relationship with the Father is our prayer life. You know, Andrew Murray, uh, in fact, I've got a couple books that I'm going to be giving away this week. This one's called by Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. If you can see that, looks anyway, it's a 31-day devotional book on prayer. A powerful, powerful man of God that taught so many different things on prayer. And I'll be giving that book away, one this week and one next week, I believe. Uh, so stay tuned. Make sure you keep coming back and you'll be able to win that book. Uh, and he made this point that your prayer life is the foundation of your life. That the health and strength of your prayer life determines the health and strength of what he called your outward life. So you want a strong marriage? You want strong children? You, you want to be a good parent? You want to be a good child? You want to be a good student, a good employee, a good business owner? You want to be a, a, you know, profitable in the marketplace? You want to be a good friend? You want to be a good church member? You're going to have to pray. Because the strength of your prayer life will determine the strength of every other area of your life. If you don't get your relationship with the Father cemented and solid and correct, every other relationship will lack. Because we, our life and our existence begins with how we're connected to the Father. And we connect to God through prayer. I want you to see one, one other point in this aspect is 1 John 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Notice that. The Father has bestowed on us what manner of love, what powerful love, what magnificent love the Father's bestowed on us, that we can be called sons of God. We can be called children of God. You have a relationship with God. And if you're watching, maybe you're scrolling and you're like, ah, check out what this guy's talking about. And you don't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do that today. It's as simple as believing that Jesus is the risen Son of God and confessing with your mouth from a heart of faith that you believe God raised Him from the dead and that Jesus is your Lord and you'll be saved. And at that point, you're brought into the family of God. If you've prayed that prayer, like I have, like probably many of you have, you've become a child of God. Now, how do we stay connected and how do we grow in the family of God? We grow by prayer. 
we grow by prayer. Think about this. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 3, after Adam and Eve fell to the temptation that Satan brought, God, Father God, comes down to the garden. And it says that he came down, the Lord God came down to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Now we see there, because of that statement, we can see that it was God's habit to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It was a normal thing for Father God to come to Eden, to this garden that he created, and walk with his creation, Adam and Eve. Walk and talk and commune and have a relationship. Now, Adam and Eve, of course, at that point, they had sinned, and so they hid themselves. But we have been saved from sin. We no longer have to hide ourselves from God. We no longer have to run the opposite way when the presence of God shows up. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We don't have to run like Adam and Eve did. We have the blood of Jesus that's cleansed us. So when God comes to walk in the cooler day with us, we can just lock arm in arm and walk with him. The point I'm making here is when you pray, it's no different than when, when God was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day of the garden. God is got through the, the substitutionary work of Christ at the cross. He has brought us back to that place of relationship in the garden. That was God's original plan anyway, was the garden. Perfection and communion with man. But sin severed it. Christ and his blood has made a way for us to be brought back to that intimate place of relationship with the Father. And we maintain it through prayer. We may, you don't have to wait to heaven. Wait till you get to heaven to be in the presence of God. All you've got to do is lift your hands and go before the Lord in the name of Jesus and begin praying. That's all you've got to do. And you're in the presence of God. And you need to have that. You know, maybe your mind needs to be renewed up to that. Maybe your flesh may not feel that way. But spiritually, when you pray to God, you are as close to him then as you will be when you're in heaven. Just because the natural eyes may not see it, the flesh might not feel it, or the mind still has some unrenewed parts you've got to get lined up with the Word of God, the spiritual truth is we're seated in heavenly places. And when we're communing and praying to God, we're there with Him. He's with us. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with us. He's with us. In fact, I want you to type that in the comments. Type that by faith, knowing it's true. Say, God is with me in prayer. God is with me in prayer. <laughs> when you realize that, it makes prayer, prayer no longer is a religious obligation. Prayer is not just a discipline or a duty, though it is something I need to discipline myself to do. It's not just something, well, I've got to go pray. No, I get to, in there, I get to be in the presence of my Father. I get to enjoy and live and dwell in the presence of the Almighty God. I get to go before Him in praise and thanksgiving. I get to take my petitions and my needs to Him, and He gives me answers, and He strengthens me, and He empowers me to do His will and His work. I get to live in His peace, and He fills me with His joy. It's not an obligation. Prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is a privilege. Hallelujah. Prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is a divine privilege for the child of God. 
Prayer is the inheritance. Answered prayer is the inheritance of the believer. Praise God. Amen. All right, this is the second answer to that question. Why prayer? Second answer. Here we go. You ready? Why prayer? Requirement. Now, by chance today, they all start with R's. <laughs> I can't guarantee that every day all the answers will all start with the same letters, by any means. Today, it just happened to work that way. And hopefully, that will aid to your, mem to your memory of this. Why prayer? First, we saw relationship. Why prayer? Second one, requirement. Requirement. Now, in our main text that we're using all this week and next week is Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 5, Jesus says it plainly, when you pray. Notice he didn't say, and if you pray. He said, when you pray. When denotes or set, sets aside or implies it will happen. There will be a time of prayer. In fact, when you read in Matthew 6, Jesus uses that phrase three times. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Not if, when. It implies that it is the nature and it is the requirement and responsibility of the believer. In fact, I want you to say this. As a Christian, I pray. As a Christian, I pray. Prayer is not optional. Prayer is not optional for a Christian. It's just not. You can't have a strong life in God without prayer. Think about it. How do you get saved? You believe in your heart Jesus is the risen Son of God, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and confess with your mouth He's Lord. What is prayer? It's speaking out, bringing petitions, bringing thanksgiving, supplications with your mouth of the things you believe. That's, all, that's what prayer is. And prayer is not optional for the Christian. We can't get what we're supposed to get done in our lives, in our marriages, in the lives of our children, in our church, in our nation. We can't get anything done that God wants done without prayer. The will of God. Uh, John Wesley is credited for saying this. It seems that God will do no thing on the earth unless man first prays it. We can see that in the Old Testament, and we're going to take one entire lesson in these next two weeks to talk about intercessory prayer or praying for other people. Because lots of people desire to do that, and we as all Christians are required to do that. Uh, but there's this true, there's this reality, this uh, spiritual principle in law that God has given to man free will. In fact, you see it. We went to Genesis just in the last point, but in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image and give him dominion. God gave man dominion over this earth. In, in order for God's will to come to pass in our lives, we pray it. And to come to pass in the earth, we pray it. Jesus taught us this. In this same chapter, Matthew 6, verse 10, when you pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We're, it is, it's, we're required to pray because the will of God comes to pass by prayer. God gets things done through the avenue of prayer. 
Amen. And we have a requirement to pray. The Bible commands us to pray. It's not optional. We see all that in Matthew 5, or Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. At four other times in Matthew 6, it says, Jesus says, when you pray, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9. When you pray, never if. If would say, well, if by chance you got around to praying, do this. But Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is saying, when you pray. And I would say this, God expects you to pray daily. Verse 11 of this chapter, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. Not only does he expect us to pray daily, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing. So we're never to stop praying. Now you might think, well, how am I ever not, how am I going to pray without ceasing? I've got to, you know, at least go to sleep or go to work or feed the kids. No, what that means is to stay in a spirit of prayer. You're never to leave the throne room of prayer. You're never to, to get to a place where you feel like, well, I've got to get back to God. That's not the, the way of life that God intended for the child of God. He, doesn't, he never intended for you to live a life that feels like, I've got to get back, I've got to work myself back up spiritually to get closer to God. The book of Ephesians tells us the blood of Christ has brought us near to God. We, by faith, we live in the presence of God. Hebrews 4 tells us we boldly enter the throne room of God, uh, the, the throne room of grace in the time of need. Hallelujah. We, we live, Psalms 91, we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. That's where I, I live in the presence of God. And so I'm required to pray because I, God wants things done in me. God wants things done in my life. He wants things done in my marriage and in the lives of my children and in my church and in this nation. And I'm required to pray. Notice this, Philippians chapter 4. This is powerful when you get a hold of this, that you and I as Christians, we're required to pray. Uh, it's mandatory. Prayer is mandatory. But when you realize the joy of prayer, it's not like, it's not like a chore. Well, I've got to take the trash out. I've got to empty the dishwasher. I've got to go pray. No. Prayer is a joy. Prayer is a privilege. Now notice this, Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which is another form of prayer, with thanksgiving, which is another form of prayer, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice that, everything by prayer. Not only is prayer a requirement, but everything is to be done by prayer. Once you type that in the comment section, type, Everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. Everything I do is to be done by prayer. You mean I got to pray about everything from the socks I wear to what I eat at night? No, not, not, not to that degree. It's not the, what Jesus, uh, the Bible's saying here. The Spirit of the Lord's saying through Paul in the writing to Philippians. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you live your life on the basis of a prayer life. You live from the strength of your prayer life. You live from the place of consecrated in prayer. Everything I do is bathed in prayer. My thoughts are bathed in prayer. My emotions and will 
and imagination is bathed in prayer. My actions and words are all coming from a place of a strong prayer life. See, it's important for you to set up a daily time. I encourage you, if you haven't done this, or maybe you used to and you've fallen away, or if you are, I encourage you to continue to do it. You need to have a daily set time to pray. Just like you have to set up an appointment to meet with your boss or meet with customers or you got to have a certain time every day to drop the kids off or pick the kids up from school or you have a certain time to go to the doctor or the dentist you have a certain time to drop off your car with your mechanic you need to have a set time to pray with God you need to say this is when I go before the Lord at this time of the day this is my time with God and you need to maintain that time like it were the President of the United States coming to visit you, I don't, I, or whoever, you know, whoever he wants to be, the entire Council of the United Nations, or someone you really like, I don't know, the, the President and CEO of Gibson Guitar Company is coming to give you a couple Gibson guitars. That would, I would not allow that, inter, that time or appointment to ever be broken if he was coming to do that with me. You need to set up a time with God to pray and you say, this is my time to pray and there's nothing that comes against it. And that takes a little bit of thought process. You might think, well, when you know what? I, I can't just, if, if I work from eight to five, I can't tell my boss, listen up, 1030, I'm praying, bless God. There ain't nothing you can do about it. No, you've made an oath and a commitment to work and the Bible says, work, do everything as unto the Lord. So that, that's not honorable to go commit to your employer to work for this amount of time, and then you're going to stop in the middle of it to do something else. But that might mean before you're getting up earlier, or maybe you're staying up a little bit later, or you have a certain time in the evening, or maybe you take lunch breaks. I don't know what it looks like for your life individually, but I know this, you've got to set a time to pray, because if you don't plan a time to pray, you won't pray. If you don't plan a time to pray, you won't pray. Just like if you don't plan time to do anything else in life, it never happens. The One of the silliest things we as humans say is this. Well, I was just, you know, when I find the time to do it, you ain't going to find time. You're not going to be walking down the street and trip over a, a lump of time. Oh, there, well, there was 45 minutes I've been looking for. You have time for what you make time for. It's that simple. Maybe it means less TV. Maybe it means less social media. Don't turn this social media off. Though. This, is, this is blessing you. Maybe it means less of something else. There's a cost. I'm going to tell you something. The reward outweighs the cost. Praise God. The reward is so much greater than the cost of the time it takes to pray. The reward is so much greater than the time it costs to pray. I want you to see this, and we're going to get on to our third point. Matthew 21, verse 13. I saw this today in study, and this is so powerful. Matthew 21, verse 13. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, and you've made it a den of thieves. This is Jesus rebuking these Pharisees and these people that are selling and money changers in the temple. And they're doing all these things in the house of God that has nothing to do with the house of God. And he makes this point. He quotes Isaiah 65, 7. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You know, it's important in our churches that we commit time to prayer. You know, if your church has a prayer room, I know a lot of folks watching Gospel Tabernacle folks, we've got two prayer rooms, praise God, here at church. Fill that place up. 
fill the prayer room up with, with praying before services, after services. If you want to come through the week, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll schedule something. We'll open up, have times of prayer throughout the week if we need to. Well, I can pray at home just as good. I understand. I pray at home all the time. I tell you what, though, when I come here and pray, though, it's real hard for me to fall asleep because there's no couch for me to lay on. <laughs> so if you need to get yourself out of a, a comfortable spot so that you can pray, do it. Whatever it takes, pray. You need to drink some coffee back and wake yourself up to pray, do it. You, and, you know, enlist that caffeine to make it work for you so you can be bright-eyed and praying. Do it. Whatever it takes, you need to pray because the cost of prayer will never match the reward of prayer. The reward of praying and communing with God is so much greater than the cost that you will never, ever, ever, ever say, I wish I had that time back. I wish I didn't pray. At the end of anyone's days, they'll never say, I wish I didn't pray so much. No, they might say, they may say, I wish I didn't watch as much TV. I wish I didn't waste time doing this or that. I wish I was more purposeful with what I did with my time. But I've never heard anyone say on their dying, on their deathbed, I just wish I didn't pray so much. It's it's always going to be the opposite. Don't, Don't be at the end of your days thinking, I wish I'd done more with the things of God. And that's the last point I want you to see is this. I made that statement. The reward of prayer outweighs the cost of prayer by leaps and bounds. The third answer to this question, why pray, or why prayer, is reward. Is reward. Relationship, requirement, number three, reward. Reward. Matthew chapter 6, main place that we've been working out of all day today. Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, do not, or excuse me, But when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. The third reason we pray is reward. Now you might think, oh, I knew it. Yeah, you just prayed just to get an answer. Yes. Who prays not wanting to get an answer? In fact, I live a life, and I've determined to do this, to only pray answerable prayers. I refuse to pray unanswerable prayers. I intend on having 100% answered prayer life. Well, how is that possible? It's very simple. The reward of prayer is this. You get what you pray for. The reward of prayer is not some religious, well, praise the Lord, sometimes God says yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait. God's like a traffic light. Sometimes it's a red light. Sometimes it's a green light with forgo, and sometimes yellow. Just wait. No. 1 John 5 14. Now this is the confidence. Why don't you type this in the comment sections. Type confidence in God. Confidence in God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we have. Whatever we ask, we know 
we have the petitions that we've asked of him. We know what we have what we've asked of him when we ask according to his will. It's this simple. It's a two-part process. You want answered prayer? You got to get God to hear you because if God will hear you, he'll answer it. Verse 14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 15, and if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we've asked of him. The reward of prayer will change your life because the reward of the prayer is God's will. Anything according to his will. Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you're praying kingdom prayers, what are kingdom prayers, AJ? Everything in these pages. This is kingdom praying. This is kingdom praying. This is why it's so important to daily read your Bible. Uh, because you're renewing your mind, getting your mind on, on track with God. But also, you're learning more kingdom prayers to pray. You're learning what the will of God is every time you're going through these pages. Every time you're reading it and bringing it into your heart and your mind, you're learning what the kingdom will is. You're learning the heart of the Father. Oh, it's God's will that I be whole in my body. It's God's will that my health spring forth speedily. It's God's will that my eye, the eyes of my heart be open so I can understand his truth and his revelation knowledge. It's God's will that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. It's God's will that myself and my household be saved. It's God's will that my nation be ruled by righteous people. It's God's will that my church grow daily. It's God's will that the body of Christ be imparted with spiritual gifts. I mean, you can just go, all those things I just rehearsed are scriptures. And that's how I know what God wants because he's told me in his word. He's revealed it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things of the Lord, but that which the Lord has revealed to us, they are ours and our children's. What you get in knowledge from God by the Holy Spirit and his word, it's yours forever. And no one can take that knowledge away. And when you get a hold of that, you realize there's a reward to praying. Jesus understood this. In John chapter 11, he goes to pray, well, not pray, really, command, to, to see Lazarus, who had died and was now four days dead, to see him resurrected and, and bring him out of the death, out of death, out of the grave, and command that dead person to come alive. He makes this statement. He's standing before the tomb of Lazarus, and Jesus says this in John eleven forty one, 41, the last part of it, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Now, we just saw, if God hears you, he answers you. And how does he hear you? You pray according to his will. Verse 42, Jesus says this, And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe you sent me. Jesus made this statement, and it should be your, you should confess this. Every time you go before the Lord in prayer, or any time the devil wants to make you think, well, you think God actually hears them prayers? Yes, stupid Satan. I do think he hears my prayers. Because I know God hears me, and I know he always hears me. Father, I thank you that you hear me, and you always hear me. Rehearse that in your prayer life. Lord, I thank you that you hear me, and I know you always hear me. And because you hear me, I have what I've asked for. Because I bring everything to you by prayer, according to your will. And it's that simple. It's that simple. What did Jesus say? You probably heard this before as well, right? Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek, 
and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. When you go before the Lord with prayer, petitions, expect to get them answered. Look, this is the reason why a lot of people pray. They feel like their prayers won't do anything. For whatever reason, maybe it's religious mindsets, dead religious thinking, unscriptural thinking. I don't know. Maybe it's because they prayed wild, crazy, ungodly prayers out of the will of God prayers, just silly stuff, just spouting off at the mouth and, well, God doesn't answer that prayer. Well, it was, it's not in the will. But I had not found anything I want that ain't in the will. <laughs> I have not found a thing in the world that I want, need, or desire that's not in the will. Because in the will, I mean, I got everything I wanted in the will. I got salvation. I got the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I got peace, love, and joy. I found my wife in the will of God, Proverbs 18. I found my daughter in the will of God, Psalms 113. I mean, I found prosperity. I found healing. I found my calling. I found everything I need in the will of God. There's nothing that isn't in the will that I want. So when you pray the will of God, know, expect God to mightily answer Jeremiah 33.3 says that you will call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things. Hallelujah. John 16.3. John 16.13. Same thing. When you pray, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you. He's going to show you things to come. When you interact with God through prayer, expect God to hear you and expect God to answer your prayers. All right, we're coming, to, coming up on the one o'clock hour. And I'm going to give myself some time to pray. If you're watching, whether you're, I see you here on Instagram, I see you on Facebook and YouTube, uh, Laura's going to help me as well for the YouTube. I see Facebook comments. If you have anything you want to pray for, quickly put those in the comment section. If there's something that I can join in prayer with you right now, put them in the Facebook comment, YouTube comment, Instagram comment sections. And I will quickly, will quickly get into this time of prayer. Don't leave yet. If you've made it through this teaching, don't leave yet. We're going to pray. In the last few minutes before the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to go before the Lord praying and believing God that He's going to hear everything we pray and He's going to answer it mightily. And we're going to pray some other things. Hey, Miss Linda, I'm so glad you're watching on Facebook. I'm so thankful for you. I know God loves you and we love you too. And uh, we're going to lift you up in prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone else, if you need prayers, let me know. If, you, if this is a replay, look, we check our comments all the time on Gospel Tabernacle social media sites. If it's a replay, still do it. There's a link in the description of this uh, post as well that you can send prayer requests to. Cousin Todd fighting with his life COVID. All right, Miss Suzanne, absolutely. If we got anything on YouTube by chance, usually that's TV uh, watchers, which is okay. All right, we're about to go ahead and pray. I see Miss Linda. I see Miss. I see Todd from uh, with Miss Suzanne. All right, here we go. I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. Let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. And we're going to do the Bible way to pray. The Bible way to pray is simple as this: you go before the Lord and with thanksgiving, with worship to begin with. Then you bring your petitions, and then you close it out with worship. All right, Lexus, I see your comment as well. I'm praying for you and the whole family. Absolutely. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord. I thank you for the people that are watching. I thank you for the church, the body of Christ that's on the broadcast right now. I thank you for every person hearing my voice, Lord, that's heard your word, Lord, 
And I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's made your word alive to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are good, you are gracious, you're powerful, you're mighty, you're kind and merciful. Praying for you as well, Courtney, and your family. And we thank you, Father God, for your goodness, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are a prayer-answering God. You are our Father. And we thank you, Father, that we have the Spirit of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, which connects us with you, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord God, that all of us praying right now, we're connected to you because your Spirit's made us alive in you, Lord God. I'm thankful, Father, that you have given us the avenue of prayer, that we can lift up petitions to you. We can lift up requests to you, and you hear them, Father God. You hear Hear the desires of our mouths, Father God. And we pray before you, Lord. We stand before you praying, know that you're a prayer-answering God. We know that you answer according to the power of your word. You confirm your word in our mouths, Father God. And we thank you for that, Lord. I lift up uh, Todd that Miss Suzanne's brought before prayer who's dealing with COVID. We curse COVID in his body in Jesus' name. We command the healing touch of Jesus to touch Todd's body. Father, we thank you that you're a healing God, that you are Jehovah Rapha. You have said, I'm your great physician, the Lord God that healeth thee. So we thank you, Father God, for a healing power to touch Todd's body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We lift up our sister Linda in Jesus' name, Lord. Surround her with your power and your might. Let your strength and healing touch touch her body and make her strong from the tips of her toes to the top of her head, Father God. Give her the capacity to breathe strongly, God, and do what she needs to do, Father. Strengthen her in her heart and her mind, Father God, with a relationship with you in Jesus' name. And we lift up Courtney and your family, Courtney and the Mims family in Jesus' name for unity and the power of God and the love of God to compass all things, Father, to strengthen their hearts and minds and set them on the same course in Jesus' name, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Now let's pray wherever you're at. I know you might be at work. You might have to pray silently or under your breath or whatever you need to do. Slip out to the bathroom. Pray with me. Let's pray some prayer for the church, the body of Christ. I feel this in my spirit to pray right now concerning the church in America. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you give us boldness by the Holy Ghost to speak your word, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, everyone watching now and on the replay, and that the body of Christ as a whole in America will get a Holy Ghost infusion of a spirit backbone, Father that we will not fall prey to political or social correctness, but that we will submit ourselves to biblical correctness, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus that the fear of man will fall off the body of Christ in America, Father God. I pray that any churches that are only church in name, Lord, that one of two things would happen, that they would repent and come back to Christ or dissolve and go away, Lord. Let the true church of Jesus Christ rise up in strength like never before in our nation, Lord God. Let us throw back the bonds of wickedness and the bands of unrighteousness in this earth, Father God. I thank you for a sweeping, powerful reviving of the church in America by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, every wicked plot and plan of the enemy that has set itself up to come against the body of Christ in this nation, it will be destroyed in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name, we pray, Father God, every wicked hand, whether it be in governments or corporations or other entities, Lord God, that will try to stretch out and touch the body of Christ through shutdowns, through illegal seizures, just like our precious brothers and sisters in Canada. Lord, and if any wicked hand would try to raise itself against the church, Lord, let it be cut off and severed by the hand of God. In Jesus' name, let every Haman find its noose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let every Herod that tries to raise itself against God be eaten up by the worms of God. In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray and desire that our nation and our cities and our states be ran by godly men and women. We pray for those in authority and those in leadership. And our prayer is twofold, Lord. If they are not saved, we pray that you would send forth laborers that they might be saved. Our desire is that men that are in women in power and authority, that they would be saved. Because when the righteous are in power, the nation rejoices. But if they refuse to submit and be saved and yield to the goodness of God, we pray that you swiftly remove them in Jesus' name so that righteousness would prevail in this nation in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for ourselves, Father. This year, 2022, let it be a year of spiritual hunger. The Bible says those that hunger and thirst for the Lord for righteousness shall be filled. Lord, we hunger and thirst. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Lord, we're hungry for the things of God. Let this year be a year of overflowing fullness of the things of God. Let us have a passion and a fury and a fervency for your word, for our prayer time with you, for winning people to Christ, for being in church with the brethren, to being around other Christian people, and to keeping ourselves from the sinfulness of this world, that our garments wouldn't even be spotted with the sinfulness of this world. In Jesus' name. And if you're watching, as we come to a close, if Jesus isn't your Lord, there's no better time to make him your Lord. There's no better time to submit to his Lordship. What are you waiting for? The end of your days? When will that be? You don't know. Won't you pray this prayer right now? Say, Father, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me, that I might be saved. I confess, knowing you raised him from the dead, he is my Lord. I'll live for you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit so I can bring you glory. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to let me know. There's a link in the description. You can let us know if you prayed that prayer. And I hope you join me. Hey, look at there, 1258. I did it. I had faith in myself, but I'm going to tell you, I thought it was a little bit of a stretch to be able to get in and out in one hour. Laura's laughing. She probably thought the same thing. But I cut myself down to three points. And I, I don't know if Todd's on right now, but I saw Dad. I just want you to know I kept it to one closing. It was just a 15-minute closing. But I got it done. It's 12.59. I'm going to sign off. I hope to see you here tomorrow, Tuesday, 12 p.m., all this week and next. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about your authority in prayer in this series, When You Pray. God bless you. Have a good day. Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. 
please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless.